Psalm 138. I will give you thanks with all my heart. I will sing your praise before the heavenly beings. I will bow down toward your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your constant love and truth. You have exalted your name and your promise above everything else. On the day I called, you answered me. You increased strength within me. All the kings on earth will give you thanks, Lord, when they hear what you have promised. They will sing of the Lord's ways, for the Lord's glory is great. Though the Lord is exalted, he takes note of the humble, but he knows the haughty from a distance. If I walk into the thick of danger, you will preserve my life from the anger of my enemies. You will extend your hand, your right hand will save me. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Lord, your faithful love endures forever. Do not abandon the work of your hands. Amen. Today's reading comes from 1 Peter chapter 1, verse, beginning at the 13th verse. Therefore, with your minds ready for action, be sober-minded and set your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the desires of your former ignorance. But as the one who called you is holy, you also are to be holy in all your conduct. For it is written, Be holy, because I am holy. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, every time in the scriptures, and many of you have probably heard this before, every time in the scriptures when we see that word, therefore, uh, the, the joke is always, well, we have to ask, right? As, as, as good uh, rhetoricians, as good uh, students of English, what is the there for? <laughs> you know, why, why does it exist? And so it says, therefore, with your minds ready for action, we have to go back to those previous verses we saw last week, right? That, that it's dealing with this notion of the gospel coming to you by the Holy Spirit through the preached word sent from heaven, these things that that many have have done the work to proclaim to you. And so because this gospel has been proclaimed to you and because of the the legacy that we have of those who have gone before us to preach to us, to be preachers, therefore, with your minds ready for action, with your minds captured by the word of God, be sober-minded. In other words, be alert, be awake, uh, do not be do not be uh, drunk in the sense of uh, having your your minds numbed to anything in the world, and set your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. What a loaded sentence there, right? Even even when we get past the be sober minded, the fact that that is as is needing to be handed to us as almost a command because our default is to cast aside uh, 
the religious things, the things of faith, to, to seek out other things, to numb us to the reality of our own death, to numb us to the reality of suffering, to numb us to so many things. And so here, Peter says, be sober-minded. And then he says, set your hope, place all your hope, place all your assurance, place all that, that gives you uh, strength to make it through the day on the grace, the gift, the, the, the thing given to you that you do not deserve that is going to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ, the apocalypsis of Jesus Christ. We've talked about this a few times in the past, I think when we were looking at Revelation last fall, where this revelation or this apocalypsis, it's not Armageddon. We always get those two things confused, Armageddon and apocalypse. Apocalypse is this revealing. The word in the Greek is, is the idea of the lifting of the veil of the bride so you can see her face. The taking off of a veil so you can see the face. Here it says this, this grace that is to be brought to you when Christ is revealed to you. Whether that be uh, at the end of the age <laughs> when he comes back or as Christ is revealed to you on a daily basis through his word, through, through a preacher, through the sacraments, these places where God has deigned to, to place himself for you with his promise. Here we place our hope in the reality that that is going to come to us because we place our hope in the reality that God is a God who gives. He is not a God who takes. And so we trust in him. And we trust in the fact that when the day is done and the night of, of and, and the darkness has, has come of our death, of the end of the age, there will be Christ with his gift, with his grace, with the light to keep us whole, to keep us in him. Well, then verse, uh, verse 14, as obedient children, as, uh, that word obedient, uh, is also as, as connected to the word to listen. So as children who listen, right? As children who listen, do not be conformed to the desires of your former ignorance. That's a, that's a big phrase for us today, isn't it? How much do we see in our society of people who want to hold on to their former selves, who, who see their only life being in their former brokenness? How many of us see that? How many of us deal with that on a regular basis in and of ourselves? that we, we, we suffer under these burdens of our sins that, that still haunt us, that we still cling to. And here, here we're told, as children who listen, who, who listen to the grace of God brought to us in his gospel and the good news, who listen to the hope brought to us in the good news of Christ, who, who listen to, to the word proclaimed over us in our baptism over and over and over again every single day that you are mine, God says. That we, that we listen to, to the word brought to us at the table, body broken, blood shed for the forgiveness of all your sin. And yet our, our broken selves, our sinner selves, always want to cling to the old us. Because we like the old us a lot better than we like a new us. Because we don't like change, do we? 
as obedient children, as children who listen, do not be conformed to the desires of your former ignorance, but as the one who called you is holy, you also are to be holy in all your conduct, for it is written, be holy because I am holy. We, we need to touch on this notion of holiness. And, and one day I, I think I want to write a book. <laughs> I don't think I ever will, but, but I say this all the time. I have about 27 book ideas that, that I'd love to write. I just haven't taken the time to do it. But uh, holiness in the American context always sees itself as purity. We take holy and our mind automatically goes to holiness. We get this from the Reformed tradition, the Puritans, uh, in which uh, what is taught is that, well, God is holy and he can't handle any impurity whatsoever. And so uh, from that comes this notion of, well, we need to keep a pure life in this life or we're going to be screwed in the next, right? never thinking the fact that when Christ says it is finished on the cross, that all our sin has been soaked up by him and put to death. The word holy means set apart, set apart for something. And and, and we've talked about it here before, but I'm always going to repeat it because we always forget. But I, I've used it a billion times with my young adults group that meets on Monday nights too, that uh, when we have communion, we have some wafers, uh, or, or in a lot of our churches, we use bread, but, but here we use wafers here at Grace Lutheran Ridgecrest. Uh, and then, and, and they're just in a bowl and then we have cups, uh, and, and for the primary, uh, action of the sacrament and the lifting up of the cup, the lifting up of the bread or the wafer, uh, we have a big wafer and then we have, uh, this nice chalice that is, is very nice. It, you know, the, the metal, pewter, whatever. I don't know what kind of metal it is. I'm not a metallurgist, uh, but it's a cup. It can be, we could go out and get a beer in it. We could drink water from it. We could uh, use it for all sorts of things. It's a cup. And yet we don't use it for anything else apart from communion because we have decided and we have said it is set apart for this use. It is special because we've said it is going to be used for this thing. Nothing else but for this particular thing. It's the same thing here when it, when we're told but as the one who called you is holy, as the one who called you is set apart, that, that, that he, he is above us, he's beyond us, there's, there's nothing in God that makes him uh, anything like us apart from the fact that he came to earth as Jesus Christ uh, to, be, uh, to be an offering for sin for us in the human flesh so that he might die in order to put death and sin to death. Uh, but he's holy, he is set apart. And he says, you are to be holy in all your conduct, meaning you are to be set apart, meaning that it is true that we should be different, that there should be differences among us, that, that we should not be the same as everybody else. We, we should not be exactly like the world, that we should be set apart we should be different. <laughs>
And, and that is what that word means. It doesn't mean pure because otherwise then we start aiming for this target that we can never hit. It means to be set apart. It means to be different. It means that when the world goes down one direction, we end up going down another. When the world says that you should be able to sleep with whoever you want and there should be no consequences, well, we know that's not true, right? And so we start to be the people who are able to come forward and say, no, that, that's not good for you. It's not good for your soul. It's not good for the other people. Or uh, dealing with uh, addiction issues. It's part of the reason why uh, churches tend to be the places where where uh, AA and NA meet. Why? Because we should be grace-filled places in which we have people who have been captured by these addictions. All of us are addicts, but but people who have been captured by these addictions that can kill them. And they need to be brought to a place in which, un- unlike where the world says you should go out and party and and eat and drink and be merry for tomorrow you die, they realize that there's something different that's to be offered to them. And that should be the way it is for us, that we should be set apart as our Lord is set apart for, for the, the Hebrews, for the Israelites, where this quote comes from that, for, that Peter is using out of Leviticus uh, chapter 11 and chapter 19 and chapter 20. It's put in the context of all the laws that are brought forward of what can be eaten and how one is to, supposed to dress and all that stuff that the Christian church ha- has latched on, especially since uh, this is coming out on July 4th. Uh, we've latched on to the notion of freedom, right? We love freedom because we get that text. Uh, Christ has set us free, right? He, he is for freedom to set us free from sin and death. And, and so he set us free from the law. So he set us free from all these laws that tell us we have to live this certain way or else. And yet we, the scriptures, the New Testament scriptures are full of these calls like here in First Peter to remind us that we are to be different, that we are to be set apart. I don't know what that looks like for you. I don't even know what that looks like for me on any given basis. But we, we usually figure it out when it comes to us. We figure it out when certain opinions need to be stated in order to make the case for particular things. And sometimes it means that we're unpopular, right? But we should be okay with that. Let us pray. God, our Maker and Redeemer, you've made us a new company of priests to bear witness to the gospel. Enable us to be faithful to our calling to make known your promises to all the world. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Well, church, as I always say, take time to share this with folks. Uh, Subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening. Share it with others. Our hope is that we can hand 15 minutes or less of grace to you each week to help you grow in in faith towards God and in fervent love toward one another. Go in peace, serve the Lord. We'll see you next week. Well, because we are called to be set apart, the only thing that we can do is cling to the grace of God in that.
We have to give ourselves grace when we don't set ourselves apart. We have to give others grace knowing that we are sinners and we are broken and that we are oftentimes going to cling to the ignorance of our former former flesh. But because of the grace and mercy of God, because of the gospel, he comes to us and he says, I forgive you all your sins. You have been made new in me. Let us pray.